we marry later, you know, we, um, many of us continue to go on and get further education. We start our careers later. Everything is longer and later because we are in better health and we just have a longer amount of time to live. This week, we gauge the state of marriage through some newish data. Plus, we have a serious question for helicopter parents. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple and marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with a fan favorite, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for that. Uh, So, Karen, if you are tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years, is uh, an author, um, has her own radio show, has her own um, marriage programs that you can uh, subscribe to, uh, for example, from Fight to Foreplay at fromfighttoforeplay.com. But we, so Karen and I were just talking off air about all this new uh, data that's come out. Uh, And I say new, it's actually been around for a little while, uh, that talks about the state of marriage. Um, And I really wanted to get into this today because I think some of this stuff, a lot of this stuff would probably surprise most people because we still think of marriage, the state of marriage, um, in the terms of either the 1950s or the 1980s. We don't think of it as what does marriage look like in 2015. Um, And we like to uh, romanticize the past um, about how everything always looked better, or we like to think that when things were bad that they've never improved. Um, And so I think we might actually debunk some myths and what that actually means for a lot of married couples. Um, So uh, I think the first item that I want to get into, Karen, is I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that the birth rates for unmarried women have actually been dropping for the Mm -hmm. last many years, um, Mm -hmm. while the birth rates for better educated and more affluent women have been increasing, um, and specifically married women. Um, Now, the average age for mother's first birth was up to a record high in 2013, which is the last uh, data we have available that we're recording this in early 2015. So the 2014 data hasn't arrived yet. Um, So the the average age for the first birth for mothers is 26 years old, and that's according to the National Center for Health and Human Services. Um, So what are your thoughts on this trend uh, of this later first birth um, at the age of 26, and uh, how what does it bode well for couples? What do you what do you think about this? 
Oh, you got three different questions there. Yeah, or, I did. I loaded this I have, one. That's okay. I've got three different answers. So the first thing is that the lifespan has increased for everybody, you know, how long we live. And not only are we living longer, but we are hitting our milestones at much later ages in general. So years, years, years ago, um, not everybody went to college. Mm -hmm. And then it became, okay, everybody goes to college, but then you were done. And when you were done with college, you had your sweetheart and you got married. Now that is absolutely not the case. You know, um, for, I just recently retired from my teaching at a college level, but I taught for many, many years. And it was very interesting to me to ask students through the years, you know, how many of you um, know who you're marrying? And years ago, people would, the majority of the class would raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And now everybody just sort of looks at each other like, huh? <laughs> uh, so the point is that we marry later. You know, we, um, many of us continue to go on and get further education. We start our careers later. Everything is longer and later because we are in better health and we just have a longer amount of time to live. So that being the case, that's part of the reason that people are having children later. Okay, yeah. So that's that. As far as the unmarried women not having children, um, I think that has a lot to do with what we now have available to us as far as the day after pill. So that uh, women can make a choice. That if they end up having an unwanted pregnancy, they do have the option that they don't have to continue with that pregnancy. So that is my best guess on why there's a drop in unmarried uh, women not having as many births. There, I will add to that really quickly, if you don't mind. Um, oh. some, some of the data also suggests that the drop in birth rate also coincided with the economic collapse that we experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, part of the thinking, at least, um, because again, this is hard to actually have true data on, but part of the thinking is uh, women felt less financially secure. So mm -hmm. women who wanted to be mothers um, out of wedlock, uh, they, they, they made that choice and maybe it is because there is that accessibility that you were talking about to not go through, uh, with a pregnancy. Um, but the, the financial burden of it and that insecurity of the finances, uh, they think also weighed into the drop in the birth rate. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, now, the other thing, of course, is let's talk, and this, this may confuse people a little bit, but let's talk about the age that you gave where you said that it has uh, risen as far as um, the typical age where a woman now gives birth and yeah. that it's higher. So if we talk statistics, um, and I'm going to try to dumb this down because I know statistics was the course that I had to take three times. So it, I'm not trying to sound professorial here. Um, so when I say dumb it down, I, I had to be dumbed down for me. But if you have less people giving birth at a younger age, mm -hmm. those numbers fall off and automatically that number is going to be higher just by virtue of the fact that you have less of a waiting on the lower end. Yes. Some of it is in fact because people are waiting, because as I said, 
you know, they're, they're older, they're getting their schooling done, etc. But some of it is because some of the younger folks are not actually giving birth. And so their numbers are not in that equation anymore. Yeah, no, that is a great, that is a great, great point. I actually haven't read that anywhere, but that's uh, makes perfect sense because it's almost like when you chop off the high and low scores, right? That's, that's get, exactly right. It gives you the better, more accurate average. Um, okay, so the, actually kind of playing on that point a little bit of uh, waiting a little bit longer. Uh, so the Pew Research Center um, did a study where it looked at women ages 40 to 50 with a master's degree or higher. Mm-hmm. And the median age at which they first became mothers was 30. So it's even higher when you have the higher education, which I I mean, I think it makes sense. And we were just talking about this life stage shifting that's happening. Um, Do you think that has made it easier for couples um, to, to wait until they're 30 to have their first child? Well, let's look at the entire dynamic. So what you now have are people who are a little older, a little bit more experienced with life, um, more educated, um, you know, more settled. And I think all of those are going to be things that are going to benefit the marriage and, and their child raising experiences. Um, so, you know, I believe that all of that is going to make for a better situation. Um, you know, you're not just, you know, choosing, you're, you're just not having a baby because, you know, uh, we're in love and let's just have a baby now. I think it's a thought out decision um, about this is a good time. We're settled. We're making money. We're, you know, we're in a career. It seems like the right time to do um, this kind of a thing. And education, of course, um, is something that allows you to uh, be better prepared for life. So uh, it's just a, it's a whole uh, variety of factors that uh, come together and say, yes, we are bringing together a good uh, backdrop for bringing a child into the world. Yeah. And I, I think the, that, that choice that you were talking about, I think that's pretty universal um, uh, just around marriage in general. Um, You know, it wasn't that long ago that women, their choice in life wasn't really to get married or not to get married or to wait or to have an education. This is, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively fresh phenomenon. Yeah. And and now we can go take it a step further and say now we can wait a little bit longer to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you brought it up right up front about how we're living longer too. So it's, you know, if you saw a, a mother – in her forties a couple decades ago and their kid was in school, it was like, oof, they're going to have a tough go of it. And now, uh, with a woman with the masters giving birth at the first time at the age of 30, that's not a big deal. And, that's it's, and it's also because, you know, it's, you, you plan to live for decades longer, not, you know, the top, the, you're over the hill already. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So the, uh, one of the things about this, we, we've been talking about the mothers, but the age of the father is up too. Mm-hmm. And we hear uh, a lot about uh, helicopter parents um, hovering over their kids. 
do you think that's because, uh, and we were talking a little bit about this, but do you think that's because parents are more mature and understand more fully the risks out there compared to younger parents who where, you know, the, the average birth rate used to be early 20s. So they were, they had less life experience. And so in a, in a way, it was almost like ignorance is bliss. They didn't mm-hmm. understand the dangers of the real world, perhaps. That That's interesting, Steve. Um, I think that's as good a theory as any, um, and maybe. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my own thought is that I sort of think that things sort of skip generations. In other words, um, you react to what was done to you by your parents, and your parents reacted according to what was done by their parents. And so it may be that helicopter parenting is the result maybe of feeling that their parents sort of like let them have too much freedom and they're like watching over everything. I don't, I don't really know. And I, I've never even read a study about helicopter parenting, but as I said, your theory, um, is, is, you know, it may be that they're very, uh, savvy and they know the kinds of things that can go on. Um, so they're watching over every little thing. It's possible. Yeah. I also, part of it too, I think, um, uh, taking it even a little bit deeper is in past generations, there seemed to be this like grand uh, threat that kind of put things in perspective. Uh, you had the Great Depression, you had World War One, World War Two, uh, you had um, the the Cold War, where there always seemed to be this imminent threat looming over us, where there were bigger issues going on. And, and you don't think that the threat that we have of terrorism no, now is no, like? No, I totally don't think so. I mean, I think for you, possibly, it's a different psychological stage because you're in New York and the attack uh-huh. happened in New York, but I'm on okay. the West Coast. Uh-huh. And honestly, no, not at all. And I, and even, I mean, I think, I mean, we've had the longest American war ever in Afghanistan that just mm-hmm. quote, officially went, you know, as done um but it doesn't feel like it to most americans right because there wasn't a lot of personal sacrifice we didn't have to buy war bonds we didn't have to enlist we didn't have to do pretty much anything that every other generation has had to do Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like when those things were present uh worrying about your kid walking to school wasn't a big threat but now when there's less of all that other stuff going on, at least it seems that way, um, you might now be able to focus th- that energy on a, a more intimate fear, whereas before it was a grander fear. Mm. And with all due respect, I'm thinking that there's the world is so scary now with internet and social media um, and people being able to know who you are and where you are, that parents are very sensitive to, I really have to protect my kids and watch out for them. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. There, I think there's less, um, there's less leeway today than there used to be because you made a mistake back in the day. You know, you could go your whole life without anybody finding out. You make them, you could have an entire career just, uh, disappear on you with one wrong tweet, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you have yes. to just be that much more cautious. And I think, I, I think it would be really scary, um, to not 
to have an understanding about how that stuff worked as a parent Mm -hmm. to not know the total repercussions. And I think, you know, part of it is, well, everybody's on the web, it's going to whatever. But the other part of it is you don't know, we don't know yet. It's all all still so new. Mm -hmm. And, and I, as a tech guy, I was a tech, I am a tech reporter still a little bit. Uh Um, I, I, on the one hand, I see how scary it is. On the other hand, I also see like how overblown some things can be. Um, so I think there's a balance. And I think that's with a lot of things, though. Well, I'm going to do something you normally do. Yes. I'm going to invite our listeners to weigh in on this. If you are a helicopter parent, you can stay anonymous. But Steve and I are obviously saying that we're not really sure. So if you are a helicopter parent, would you somehow uh, join us in this discussion and let us know what is your reason for being a helicopter parent? Uh, And maybe we'll open up a discussion about this subject, but help us understand it because obviously he and I are thinking it's for two different reasons. And so you can help us to have clarification on it if we get enough uh, responses then we would be able to say the report was from our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, one, a, cu- a couple other things on this topic really quick is uh, one is I feel like the helicopter parenting has always been around in some form. Like I know I have friends who had parents where I would 100% classify them as a helicopter parent. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't think it's new to this generation or whatever. Mm-hmm. The second thing is we do know um, that men, husbands, fathers are more involved in child rearing today than they were before. And so I think part of it too could be if men are, here's another theory for you. If men are helping out more Mm -hmm. um, and that leaves mothers with more time to do other things, maybe uh, since the fathers are helping out more, the mothers have, time to get involved in other ways that they just didn't have time for before. Perhaps we don't know. And we don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving, I'm just giving our listeners something to think about okay. uh, if they're trying to figure out why it is they do the things that they do. Um, okay. So uh, let's, um, let's close this one out a little bit with uh, one last thing, which I'm sure a lot of people have noticed or maybe even experienced themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Twin birth rates are at a record high. Uh, uh-huh. There were um, 33.7 twins per 1,000 births um, mm-hmm. compared to just 18.9 back in 1980. Mm-hmm. Do you think oh. cu- couples yeah. are more stressed out today because of the the more – because of their having more twins? Um or is it because we have more choice that's kind of like they're prepared for it so it's not as – or is anybody ever prepared for twins? I don't know. Well, first of all, let's clarify why we're having more twins. Yeah. I think that though psychologically we feel that we have more time, we're going to be living longer, let's make more choices as far as our education and our job and getting settled – there's still the, you know, the biological aspect to it. And so it does become harder for a woman to get pregnant as she gets older. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of older women 
um, have to use fertility methods to get pregnant, which is accounting for the reason that there's multiple births. Um, and again, I think that therefore the mindset is where you're more prepared for it. Um, personally, I think that it's a more stressful situation, but I've spoken to women who were had that uh, possibility, and when I asked them, their reaction was, no, you know, it'll be fine. Um, you know, maybe it's like, well, okay, you have your children, and, you know, you just have to attend to two. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, again, I'm not being a psychologist now, I'm just being a woman. Sure. I would find it stressful to have to deal with, you know, with two children. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's just a little bit extra stress. And if the couple feels like this is really, really important to us and, you know, this is something that we're choosing to do, so much of what happens in life is based on the way you go into it mentally that it might not be stressful, you know, for people. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure there's just as there are added stresses, um, there's probably a, uh, a little simplification of things as well, uh, mm -hmm. particularly for parents who have more than one child, that they're able to knock things out in one fell swoop as opposed to, right. uh, you know, spread out over several years or whatnot. Because um, right. I know I... I'm, I I do do not have a twin, uh, but I do have a younger brother who is just twelve months younger than I am, mm -hmm. um, and I do remember hearing conversations that my mom would have about how some things were very easy because we were so similar in age mm -hmm. that we were able to be on the same sports teams growing up, and we were able to go to the same schools, and we were able to wear the same clothes, and like all that kind of stuff. So I think there there would be some benefit to that. Right, right. But obviously on the flip side, you know, instead of one screaming child, you would have two and that kind of thing. So Right. On the other hand, they they um, have each other as friends right away. That's, and, yeah. you know, they occupy each other. So, you know, again, as I said, I think a lot of it is going to have to do with the mindset that you go into it with. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. Um, well, this was fun, Karen. This was definitely different than our regular uh, let's fix a problem type stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed this. So thank you so much for weighing in uh, on all this awesome data. My pleasure, like always. Uh, so before you guys go, I want to remind you. Uh, first, uh, I want to reiterate Karen's call to action by you guys. If you have a thought about why you may or may not be a helicopter parent or what your ideas are of that, we would love to hear your theories. So send them in. There is a an email button on our podcast page at hitchedmag.com, uh, or you could uh, send us a message on any of the social platforms. Karen and I are both on pretty much all the big ones, Facebook, Twitter, Google+. So go ahead and hit us up there uh, and, and let us know what your thoughts are. Can't wait to hear them. Uh, but, <clears throat> excuse me, until next time, I want to remind you that you've been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of many books, uh, but I want to point out the two most recent relationship books are Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. Uh, you can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. 
I mentioned earlier that she has her own program called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can find that at fromfighttoforeplay.com, all spelled out, one word. Uh, well, it's a URL, so you get it. Uh, and then uh, lastly, she has her own radio show uh, called Your Empowered Relationship, and that is on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, as I mentioned, we are on all the social platforms. You can find past articles and past podcasts uh, that Karen has done on our website, hitchedmag.com. And if you listen to us on Stitcher or iTunes, uh, I would greatly appreciate if you would let us know how we are doing. Um, you know, we are always trying to improve. And if there's new topics you'd like us to hit or anything of that nature, uh, we are down to hear it. So uh, thank you once again for tuning in this week. And until next time, one last time. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. Oh, it's